0: Reality is spiritual his truth is his truth and if we can align with God's reality We will finally be living by reality Um, If you want to start open up to numbers chapter 6 You know what I'm so distracted we will you guys come in here Randy Kendra? will you come up here come up here I know, it's so unfair. (laughs) Can I pray for you? Sure. I'm so distracted by the fact that you're out here. (laughs) Yeah. Some volume, more volume. Is that better? Is that sounding better? Okay. You know that you are the son of God. You are God's son. You're his favorite son. I don't know how he does that. Only God can make everybody his favorite. You are God's favorite son. You are the son of God, okay? And I'm just going to pray again. I know we've already prayed for you guys. but um, And then after I'm done praying, will you join us in here? You are the royalty of the family of God. Say what? Well, and I'm told, I don't mean to embarrass you. I mean for you to be blessed. you got to keep an eye on a lot of people in here but i i mean for you to be blessed i'm not trying to embarrass you but i just i feel so strongly that god wants you to know that you're his son you're god's son come on in okay let me pray for you father i just ask another blessing again there's nothing but life here in this life that's growing inside and we just ask again and we ask again and more holy spirit we ask for your blessing over what you're doing here we ask that that only life will be here. And I ask in the name of Jesus that, that Randy will have a day today like, like none he's had before. That today your spirit would make its presence so powerful within him, Lord, that he would know like he's never known before that he is your son. He's your favorite son. That he would feel your love like he never has before. That places are even healing right now so that he just has full freedom to feel your love in the name of Jesus. Amen. I don't care. I'm a back row guy. You can sit in the back row, but don't, don't go in the hallway, okay? Whew. God is good, isn't he? <clears throat> okay, where did I tell you to go? <sighs> Number six. Um, I don't even know why I'm reading this this morning. I just I know that the Lord asked me to start here. Number six will start in verse 22, and you know this place. This is the ironic blessing. It's not the ironic blessing. You may you may find irony in it, but you know what the ironic blessing is. It's the blessing of priests. Okay. Now just before I even do it, who's a priest? Okay. Right. Right, so this is, this is how he's telling you to bless, way back in the Old Testament. Okay, so here in, in uh, verse 22, it says, And the Lord, <clears throat> sorry, <laughs> and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So there's the blessing. Okay, and then it says, so, so they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. Okay, now I know why we're reading this. Ah, uh, So, did you notice it says, they shall Put my name on the children of Israel who's the they you priests in the kingdom of God in other words he loves you that much you know he's crazy about you he loves you that much in other words he he wants to put power in your mouth in a way that he is saying so you shall put his name on people. Now don't get me wrong, there are plenty of other places in this book where, where he says, I will put my name on people. But, that, but here, in this blessing that, that he wants to give you the power to bless, he says that you, the priests in the kingdom of God, will put his name on people by blessing. With your mouth. That's how high he holds you in esteem. Amen? And then he says, and I will bless them. In other words, I will back it with myself when you bless. Okay? That's good stuff. So um, we're, we're, um, we're in a series now on warfare, right? And um, the war is won, right? It's the victory already over. We're going to talk about that some today. Um, today, we're going to focus specifically on the war of words, You know that there's a war of words. Jesus is the Logos word. He is the word, right? The living word, the word that has power, that's Jesus, okay? Now I have to tell you, I'm just going to tell you a little story um, from last week. Last week was the conference. We took a whole team down for um, formational prayer, inner healing prayer, Um, awesome stuff down there. But it made for a really hectic week, because in order to get down there on time, we we literally had to set up rides, so who's going to take our son to school, and then get over here, we're carpooling people down there, and you get back late, and where's our son today, who's got him now, and it made for a hectic week, so... um, I felt like, it, despite the fact of being with the Lord all day, really, at the comforts, I felt like I was missing kind of that quiet space with Him. So I set my alarm really early one of the mornings, and I thought, okay, I'm going to get up real early, and I'm just going to have, like, nobody, nobody, everybody get away from me. I'm going to be with the Lord here kind of thing. And um, so I wake up. My, I use my phone for the alarm. And the alarm goes off, and I'd been sleeping on top of my arm you've all done it before (laughs) okay and if I reach with this arm over to the nightstand I'll fall out of the bed so I always kinda do a reach over do you do that it's just me (laughs) great (laughs) so anyway I've been sleeping on this arm you know and it's it's completely dead so literally I'm taking my left arm and I'm reaching it (laughs) over like this because the family, I don't want the rest of the family to wake up. It's already, you know, a hectic, hard week. And I'm thinking, they need to sleep. So I'm trying to get it fast. And I'm reaching over like this, right? And I'm trying, of course, my fingers aren't even working. I'm trying to pick up the phone. It finally gets to where I think I can pick it up. So I start to pick it up. And I think if I can just sort of throw it over on my <laughs> chest, then I can hit the button and everybody can keep sleeping course that's not what happens i i'm starting to take it over like this and it's not good enough yet so it falls and cried and thinking i probably broke my phone now and and uh, so i finally i get out of bed and anyway now i am wide awake and really frustrated <clears throat> and i'm pretty sure i'm getting a look from from um Sandra, like really like well i don't know what it was like four in the morning or something and um my office is right around the corner. So here's what I'm telling this. I go around the corner, I sit down. after all that, I don't even need a cup of coffee, I, yeah. which is crazy. I sit down, and he just begins to reveal things from this, and he starts to tell me, you know, this is happening in my church?" And he starts to reveal to me, was there anything this is what he's telling me. Was there anything wrong with your arm? in the structures or the cells or its engineering, its design." And I'm thinking, no, it's a perfectly good arm. And he says, what was the, what was the problem? He's asking me. And I realized that there was the, the, the life force of the flow of blood. That was the only problem. <laughs> right? And he begins to show me this is going on in my church. There's absolutely nothing wrong. I have given every one of you is exactly according to design to become the body of Christ. But he begins to impress on me his heart that there is there's a lack of the life force of the blood flow. And we're going to conquer some. I really believe we're going to conquer some of that even, even today that he has powerful things planned. Do you believe that with me? Okay. All right. Go with me to Ephesians 3, and here's where we're going to start. We already started, right? <laughs> now, I have to tell you, I, if it wasn't for the body of Christ, I'm sure I'd have been dead a long time ago. And I say that because, like, there, just this morning, there were so many things that confirm what God's been doing. I mean, the song, the song choices were, are prophetic, Um, in terms of what he wants to say today. And other conversations I've had in the hallways, it's just amazing how when you come here, when you gather that his spirit is among us, I mean, his spirit is always with you, but his spirit is among us in a way that it just confirms and establishes us. Um, I'm just so blessed today. Um, So Ephesians 3 and verse 14 where we're starting paul's talking here and says for this reason i bow my knees to the father of our lord jesus christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named you know there's the name again we're named after him we're his sons and that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory this is not what we're teaching about, but you, just, you can't skip over that. Do you understand that what he grants you is according to the riches of his glory? Just soak that up for a minute. I know we've taught a lot on you're going from glory to glory. You are to be the place of the Lord's glory. That, this is his plan. And it goes on to say to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man strengthened with might in the inner man. You know that he wants you to be mighty. That's why we're studying warfare right now. He wants you to be mighty. And listen, it goes on, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now, we're going to get into it in a minute, but what we're talking about the fullness, right? His whole big plan over you is that Christ will dwell in a fullness. And we're going to see how important that is here. But now here's why we're reading this. Listen, it says that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend. Now I'm just going to stop there. Rooted and grounded in love. We've, we've brushed on this, but we've got to get this. And this, you're going you're gonna to see why I'm saying the songs were prophetic this morning. Um, Rooted and grounded in love. You understand that if if you are rooted and grounded in love, there's nothing else that can be taken from you. Your circumstances can scream things. There can be warfare, troubles, calamity. Everything else can go wrong. And if you're rooted and grounded, and we're talking about the Father's love, if you understand that you are a son of God, you are the bride of Christ, you are grounded in the fact that I am loved, I am designed by the Father. I am made by the Father. You're good to go. Right? Now I'm going to show you how crazy this scripture is. It says, being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend. I'm going to tell you what that word actually means. It means to take eagerly or seize or possess. That's comprehend. Okay? To take eagerly, seize, possess. What? What? With all the saints, what is the width, length, and depth, and height of his love? To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. We're not talking about, about knowledge. We're talking about ex- experiential knowing of how you're loved. And what did that just say? He wants you to know beyond knowledge every dimension. Of his love. He just basically named every dimension there is in the universe to set up a picture for you of how much he wants you to be rooted and grounded in the Father's love. Why? That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Can you just soak that for a minute? I mean, I just, that's what the Word of God says. That's all I'm doing is reading the Word. It says all the fullness of God's love. Get a handle on that. Rooted and grounded. And we're about to find out, do you know that if you want to win warfare, this is it. (laughs) This is the victory of warfare. Being rooted and grounded in the Father's love. If you're rooted and grounded in the Father's love, you're not shakeable. Anything can happen and you're not shakable when you're rooted and grounded in that love. Now listen, we're going to get to it, I think, today. But um, I (laughs) understand... Don't don't laugh at me. (laughs) Now you're laughing at me. That doesn't make me feel confident up here. (laughs) What was I talking about? Rooted and grounded. Now, I understand that there is such thing as wounds, and there is such thing as lies that scream from within ourselves because we have wounds. (laughs) I had a whole spiritual battle this morning before I walk up here, and that's the truth. And I understand that that can make it to where you're not exactly free to be rooted and grounded in his love. But do you know that the same father who has that love wants to break that? He wants you to be rooted and grounded so that you're not shakeable. Okay, verse 20 goes on and says, "Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above." Now, I'm pretty sure if I if I used that language in like a I don't know, an 8th grade English paper or something, you would probably fail the assignment. That's bad language. On purpose, in other words, he's squirting here. The Spirit of God is making Paul squirt, where he's saying um, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly, above, above what you guys know this one good. Above all that we ask or think. But now I got to break that for a minute. Do you understand that both of those things are words? And this is going to a real blessing. I believe the Lord wants you to have today. All that you ask, what is that? All of your conversation with God, all that you pray, exceedingly abundantly above what you could possibly bring into your conversation, your side of the conversation with God. And you, yeah, I understand. Here, we're talking about, this is in a context where he's talking about people who are rooted and grounded in that love. And even for that person, This is exceedingly abundantly above what you would ask in conversation with him. And then it goes on, or think, right? We've taught on strongholds here and the battle of thinking, but do you understand that your thinking is also words? Do do you get that? Now I get there's artists in here. I'm I'm not really an artist, but um, you might think in pictures or impressions or um, some people think in emotion. I have a hard time sometimes <laughs> relating to those people, but, um, but all of those are words, right? You're thinking words. Now, I'm going to tell you something what faith is. You know, faith is the word that you choose to exalt or you're not free enough to choose. It's the word that's exalted. That's faith. You understand, you are a word, the word of God, I don't know where it is right now. The word of God says that you are a, you're an epistle. You're, you're a word. You're God's idea. He speaks words over your life. He speaks plans over you. And those are words of God. We've been talking about the roar of the lion. Okay, you also understand that there are words, there are other words besides God's. The enemy screams words. Circumstances scream words, right? And um, how many of you are pretty good at speaking some words over yourself that are contrary to God, doing it all by yourself, right? So I'm gonna tell you something. We're in a battle. We're in a battle of word. Okay. Who? What word over you will be seated on the throne? Will it be that you're the royalty of the family of God? You're a son. You're the bride. The apple of his eye. Those are words. I've got plans for you. I've got a hope of future. I've got a destiny. I know we hear that so often it's almost lost its power. That's an individual unique plan that you're designed for. To reach over very powerfully and pick up the phone. (laughs) that you're designed for, that nothing lacks as long as the life force of God is flowing in it. There's, it's unshakable. And it begins rooted and grounded in love. Okay, that's our introduction, I think. Okay. All right, now one of the things that this is really going somewhere powerful, and one of the things that um, I'm going to do this morning is we're going to go over some scriptures that we've looked at over the past month. But he, he just kind of wrapped it all together for me and showed me what he actually wants to do today, okay? So bear with me. Go, with Matthew, um, go to Matthew 13, and we'll start in verse 18. It's the parable of the sower. Right? Do you all remember doing that? I think what was it, three weeks ago, something like that. And you remember I challenged you. I'm just going to do it again. I'm going to challenge you. We we tend to think of this as these seeds that the sower is sowing is like salvation, um, and which I'm okay with it. I'm sure that's part of it. But um, and I'm going to. It's proven here in the text, but it's not. It's not just salvation. Um, and you're you're going to see why. It is the words of God. Period. It's it's what he speaks over people and how those are received. It's actually a warfare passage. Okay. Do you remember that much? Okay. Okay. And so in verse um, eighteen it says, um, "Therefore hear the parable of the sower." And I'm just going to pick and choose. So you can read along if you want, but um, I'm just going to grab stuff for time's sake. And it says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand, now there's that comprehend again, okay? Does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatch, snatches away what was sown in his heart. Now look, in other words, we're going to get three tactics of the enemy and I'm going to tell you that, that um, the word of God is really wise. It's actually sequential. It's actually how warfare works that you're reading here. So what's the first thing? When, when you can't, Attain it because things are in the way when, when the soil is such that you can't, that you can 't grab it, the first tactic of the enemy is to steal it right away. How many of you have that experience where you 've had something where, where god 's speaking to some something to you or you feel prompted? And immediately, there's, there, a snatching begins to take place. Something falls apart. Um, I know in our household, um, for, probably, uh, for probably 10 years, every time the Lord would move in some powerful way, we would have a blowout marriage argument. And it finally got to the point that we started looking at each other going, do you notice that this happens every single time? That is not coincidence. Coincidence. Okay, it's just a snatch real quick. Okay, the second one, now really pay attention to this one. The second one says, um, the second one receives it with joy. Uh, maybe I better just read the verse because I've got way too many notes on here. It says, but he who received the seed in a stony place, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Now, I've got to break this a little bit. You understand what that means? That means this is, you understand the fact that it is a word at all means that it's new and a little bit challenging. Otherwise, that's not really a sown word at all. Do you see that? Okay, so in other words, we're talking about something new is being sown and this person being described here is able to receive it with joy in other words they want to be challenged they're hungry for the good things of God they're they're ready to receive okay in other words, this is a person who says I hope you generate a little bit of upheaval in my life that's the illness of being crazy about God I hope that you stir things up because I'm I'm not as deep with you as I want to be yet right that's receiving it with joy But then it goes on and says, but endures only for a while. For listen, when tribulation or persecution arise um, because of the word, immediately there's a stumbling or he stumbles. Okay, in other words, this is someone who receives the word. You're hungry for this, but I want to tell you that this is the war on love. This is what you're reading. It says um, it doesn't have root. See, it says he has no root. It's not rooted and grounded in love. So in other words, when trouble comes, you're not able to stay. Am I making sense here? It is the being rooted and grounded in love that makes you a warrior who can walk through when the trouble, the tribulation, the persecution, the disappointment come, you you hold the word anyway. It's rooted and grounded in love. That makes that possible it's the father's love you know the words of God are not easy <laughs> anybody gotten an easy word of God I suppose I've gotten some most of the time they're not though right most of the time if you're gonna move into the places God is taking you you're talking about some real life upheaval the shattering of a theology that was so dear to you <laughs> or something right I spent a whole semester learning that theology that you just blew apart, Lord. (laughs) And now I'm going to show you the final one here, cares of this world. So the final one is the one who has cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. Now listen, and he becomes unfruitful. Now I'm going to point something out. Do you realize you cannot become unfruitful unless you were once fruitful? Do you see that? That's why I'm saying this is not just about salvation and the spread of the gospel. This is about the power of God making you into the place of his glory to make an impact in your world. These words over you today. word God speaks words over you today. Is that the truth? Yes. Okay, that's what this is about. The warfare of the glory of God over your life, over his powerful plans to fill you with his spirit and impact things for the kingdom of God. Because here we've got one where they were apparently was once fruitful, and, and then this, final, this third attack of the enemy is, is to just try to choke it. If he can just throw enough things at you to, to pull you away from being grounded in that love of the Father, then it can be choked. Do you see that? So I want to tell you what you just saw. In other words, here's how it works. God speaks a word over you. God has a word over you. And then and way over here on the other am I doing this the way you read. God speaks a word and way over here on the other side is a destiny is a powerful thing that he wants accomplished through you because he loves you like that, because he's crazy about you and he wants you to have the joy of fulfilling the words of God. Are we good so far? All in the middle is opposition. <laughs> Do you know that um, you can actually live absent of, of spiritual warfare? Now, I know somebody's probably sitting out there going, uh-uh, no, you can't. But I want to tell you something. If that's what you're saying, it means you're, you're, you're pointed toward God. You're in a direction walking. If you always have that opposition, you always have that warfare, it means you're going the right way, okay? But if you're not walking out words of God, then it's very possible to live comfortable and be outside of warfare, But I'm going to tell you something, if you want to be someone who's fulfilling the spoken words of God over your life, then you're walking straight into a path of opposition. That's what's in this parable and all over the place. You see, the, the war is over the weight of glory that God wants to put on you which is what? Exceedingly, abundantly beyond what you could even think of is the weight of glory he wants to put on you. And that's what the war is over. Alright, I've got to do this. I'm kind of going nuts this morning. Um, You know that the war is not over sin, right? Why can I say that? He won! He won! He's already taken care of sin. I'm not encouraging you to go sin. Of course, of course I'm not. That's a bad idea. It's just a bad idea. But, um, but if you did, it's still already defeated. It's not over death. He's defeated death. So the war is not over that. The war is over the weight of glory that he wants to put on you. The enemy knows that he can't war against death. Have a battle about sin. He knows he's defeated in that regard. See, I often have people um, come and challenge me, or they're really disturbed about something I I taught, and and I love that. I actually that's the sign of growth. I'll I'll sit down with anybody; it's awesome. But here's the funny thing: I always note it's almost. I'm not even going to say almost. It's always true that when they come with this, they have a, they have a theological problem, okay? And they, they, want to, can, they want to talk there. And now, listen, I'm saying they and stuff like that. You can include me. I have this struggle. I've, I've noticed with God that anytime I have a real theological problem, I'm reading something in his word, and boy, I'm just disturbed by it. I've learned that it has nothing to do with theology. It always has something to do with the war, the ravaged place in here that just can't believe what the Bible just told me. <laughs> Y'all with me? Okay? And and the thing is is when we can change the conversation from from I just can't have that theology to boy, this feeling of this horrible feeling of discomfort that I have that just can't seem to agree with the Word of God is something that really needs healing in here. Right? You know what happens? We, we rewrite theology in the halls of our disappointment. Is that the truth? Or, or in the places where we were battered. I was battered here, and I'm going to write a theology out of that. That's what happens. I I do it. I'm spending a lifetime healing from bad theology. It's really a shame to have a different theology than God's. Do you know that? So actually, I want you to picture this. Um, The Lord gave me this picture, and I want you to share it with me. Imagine um, a war-torn place. A place that war has passed over. Walls are torn down. Can you see it? Um, buildings are scorched and burned and things have been blown up. Okay? Now the war is won. The war is over. Um, your team won. Can you imagine... Do you, do you have the picture? Do you see the place? Okay. Can you imagine just moving back in as it is and just leaving it that way and going, well, okay, well... Move back in. Here's a good burned house. I'll move in here. You would never do that, right? But I want to tell you something. The Lord wants to, the Lord wants to do something in this place, in this season coming where, where we're not trying to move forward with lives like that. He wants some rebuilding, He wants some healing. So that um, I challenge you to read the book of Ezra or Nehemiah. Actually, go ahead and read them both. <laughs> And do it from the perspective, imagine that you are that place. And I, I promise you that the Lord will bless you with, with places he wants to take you. It's all about the rebuilding of a torn place that has walls down and the temples, the temples down. It's all about the rebuilding of a place so that the glory of God can be in it so you see I'm not stretching it it's it's your story and um, I I just I dare you go do that exercise sometime see I'm really we're starting to talk about the desolate places so if you just want I'm just gonna do this real quick so we can get to the good stuff but Ezekiel 19 we looked at that recently 19 6 this is where it's talking about the Lions the roar. You all remember the roar? What can the enemy do? Roar. I'm really scared, right? But I understand if you, if you, have, if you have wounds, if you have lies operating that, that cause the roar to have some impact in your life, which word is being exalted? What is your faith in? Is it in the inferior of the roaring or is it in the Father's love? That's the bottom line. That's warfare. Okay, and here it says, How how did he defeat them? He knew their desolate places and laid waste their cities. So how did he lay waste their cities? He knew their desolate places. He knew the places that needed to be built, that needed to be what? Rooted and grounded in the Father's love. And actually I have to do this and it says, and the land with its fullness was desolated by the noise of his roaring. In other words, the fullness was there. And we just read that he wants to fill you with his fullness. It is not an availability problem. God is not withholding his availability to you. (laughs) Come on, somebody crack a grin or something or you're going to scare me. Okay, let's talk about um, prayer for a minute. If you want to start turning, turn to Luke 22. We've also looked at this recently. We're going to see something even bigger today, I believe. Luke 22. Luke 22 is where uh, Jesus is just about to be be betrayed by Judas. He's about to be taken into custody. Um, Become... Be the lamb of the world. Fulfill the words of God, okay? This is Jesus' walking in his weight of glory as our example. In other words, the the how-to. We're about to read the how-to manual. How do you walk in the weight of glory God has planned over your life? Do it like Jesus. (laughs) Follow the example. Well, here's his how-to. He has a lot of prayer in his how-to. We're going to look in verse 39 And it says, coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed. Did you notice that? He's accustomed to to going. He does this. It's his place he likes to go. And his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter temptation. Um. Okay, can we agree that the disciples are spiritually mature? (laughs) Now, I know, I I mean, we give a hard time, right? We we can laugh at Peter and we can go, boy, I can relate with Peter. Or um, Doubting Thomas, and um, he got a bad rap. I wonder if he'll always be known as Doubting Thomas or that's part of like what God wipes away, right? But at the very least, we might say that at this moment in time, they are the most spiritually mature people on planet Earth, right They've walked with Jesus um, they've watched him. He has sent them out to do the ministry to to experience the joy the the power of the ministry with their very own hands, the same things he's calling you to um, they're very mature people, and Jesus says to him, "Pray." that you may not enter into temptation. Now, I have a question for you. What, what temptation? What's the temptation? I mean, are, are they... Um, is he worried that they're about to um, have temptations of immorality or something? Or um, start to struggle with drink or complacency? Okay, okay. Um, I'm going to suggest that with a little bit of thought, it's obvious that the temptation spoken of here is to to be tempted to believe the inferior words over the words of God and the, the direction He has them walking. That's the temptation. They're not in a battle of immorality or other types of sins or things. The temptation here is the temptation to believe the inferior instead of believing the discipleship, the word of God over their life that they, they have just walked with Jesus. And you look what happens here. Jesus, what happens? You know the story. Um, they fall asleep and they don't pray. They do a bad job of following Jesus' advice. <laughs> Jesus does pray. And you find out that Jesus, um, we're not even going to read it today because um, we just did, but you find out that Jesus goes back to the Father three times, right? He goes back and he said, and what's he doing? He's saying, if it's possible, take the cup away. Um, but if not, if it's not possible to have your word, Father, your word on the throne, then, then have it remain and I'm in right? But he, he has to go back. He goes back three times. So I'm going to, we're going to go here first. Why is that? You see, Jesus knows that, that the fellowship with his father is an exchange. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Prayer is an exchange. If you leave prayer the same way you go into it, you're probably not praying. Okay, it's probably, it's fretting, or worrying, or complaining, or it's something else. Do you know that fellowship, that word is, it's an exchange, it's an exchange of life. He goes to fellowship with his Father, and what's he doing? He's, he's bringing the perfect one, the sinless one, is bringing his worst to the Father. He's going, I'm worried to the point of death here. I can't stand it. I'm bringing you my challenge. And he's holding it up and he's saying, Father, if you could remove this, take it. But if not, I'm all in. I'm going to do your will. And he goes back three times. Why? Because he's not willing to leave the exchange of prayer without the exchange. And you find out in the end, what does he do? He goes and does the Father's will. Right? Now contrast the disciples who they didn't follow the advice. They fell asleep and you can, I'm hoping you're making connections to some of the things we've been sleeping where it's in the, um, not sleeping. That's what they do. Some of the things we've been talking about um, where we it says be sober and we looked at the meaning of that, which is be awake. Be awake to reality, right? And, This is a physical picture of the warfare verses we've been reading. They don't stay awake. They don't pray. And what do they do? They scatter. They get scattered. Peter denies him three times. They hide in fear. They do everything except for the powerful will that God has for them to move forward. Right? Now, there's good news here. What's the good news? There's no way the good father is going to leave them there. I mean, we know the rest of the story. They end up fulfilling their their powerful calls, carrying the weight of glory, participating in everything God has for them. But for the time being, Jesus says, pray that you may not enter temptation. In fact, later, verse 46, he says, why do you sleep? Why aren't you awake? Rise and pray lest you enter temptation. I'm going to tell you that's the temptation over your life. Obviously, we need to to defeat the temptations of of daily sin, immorality, whatever. But the real temptation, I I know you guys. This is not not an ordinary church. I, I I talk with you. I know the hunger that you have. I know you want to see the glory of God break out like you've never seen it before. You should have seen the women's Bible study yesterday. I think um, it's a good thing we fixed up that space because I don't think you could have packed another woman in there. Huh? And you were missing seven. <laughs> that's hunger, okay? That, that's, that's what we're talking about. So what's the temptation? The temptation is to believe an inferior word. That's the warfare. God has a word over you. And the enemy is trying to to create circumstances to lie at you, to roar. The enemy's terrified, do you know that? He is absolutely terrified of you. prayer is the place that you return to to confirm the word. Now I can tell I'm not going to have time to get to it, so I'm just I'm going to toss this out there. Do you know that if you don't have a word and I'll prove it sometime. We'll go look at the scriptures. I know that's important. In the American church these days it's got to be in the scriptures. <laughs> Do you know if you don't have a word before you you're in real trouble. It's true. Knowing that God has spoken a word and having some sense of it. I'm not saying, I've walked through plenty of seasons where I'm like, what are we doing here? I'm, I get it. I'm not condemning that. That's, that's normal to life. But, um, but having seasons where God has a word in front of you, and what did we say? Um, establish. What does that mean? You're, you're oriented on a particular direction. Amen? Ha- having seasons where you, you have some sense of the word out in front of you and you are walking that direction is what brings you from glory to glory. Yeah. Who's going from glory to glory? Okay. So you know what we do? I'm, I'm just going to put this out there. Um. You know about the exchange. You've prayed before. Raise your hand if you've prayed before and you know you walked out of it with an exchange. You brought him weakness and you walked away with peace. You walked away with strength. You brought him fear and you walked out of prayer with courage. You hung in there until you said, Lord, I'm not leaving until, until you give me what's necessary, until you exchange my fear for courage. You've done that before? Okay, now how many times... Um, Have you been like me where you have that exchange in prayer and then you you go out and and before you know it, you're having a conversation with someone and you're talking about your difficult circumstance or your tribulation or whatever you're facing and you're having a conversation of words that have nothing that are totally contrary to the exchange you just made. All of a sudden again, you're putting the situation out there like with all of its challenges and with fretting language Do you hear what I'm saying? Um, We go to God for the exchange. And I would say, be like Jesus, okay? Be like him and that when you go to your father, being rooted and grounded in love, you know that he loves you. Don't be willing to leave until you've made the exchange. And then walk in the word. There's going to be opposition from here to the destiny that God speaks over you. In the exchange and then you walk in it watch your mouth I was so tempted to go and do all the scriptures that are in here like the man who can bridle the mouth um, will rule the city and you can go on and on and God just led me into more powerful things so I didn't even pull any of them scriptures out but if you can get can if you can make your mouth agree with the exchanges you make with your father you're going somewhere you're going to a glory. You're winning the war. Okay, we've got to agree. It's a battle of words. Inferior words or being rooted and grounded in the love of the Father. That's it. That's the bottom line of warfare. There, there really is. We can study these other tactics and techniques, the game plan for battle and all of that, but it's always going to boil down to being rooted and grounded in your Father's love. Well see, I've hit that point again <laughs> I can crack open some more, but um let's see. Let's do this. um okay, I'm gonna ask you to take a risk. Um, let me just let's just pray for a minute, okay. Lord, I want to know what you're doing. We want to, we want to do what you're doing. And we ask that um, you would just reveal right now uh, how you want to rewrite some words, how you want to take some theologies that were written in... Well, there it is. Thank you, Father. Um, you want to take some theologies that have been rewritten in disappointment or pain. So, Father, right now, corporately, we just repent. We repent for writing words that are not your words, for agreeing with things that, um, that you don't agree with, that were never your idea. Okay, now we're, we're just going to do this kind of quick. If, there, if there's someone in here, um, would you just take a risk and raise your hand right now if... If you're certain that you have had disappointments that are setting up a barrier to powerfully agreeing with God's words, that are making you rewrite theology, they're causing you to hold beliefs. Okay, thank you. I see y'all. Just raise your hands if you've had the disappointments. There you go. Raise both hands. Is that a girl? (laughs) Okay, I'm just going to give this a second more. God's going to break some things. He's going to heal disappointment and replace it with a faith so that when God speaks words, whether it's out of, the, out of this printed God's word or the living word that he speaks to you in your intimacy with him, he's going to release your ability to believe his words. Okay, if you raised your hand, stand up. It's worth it. Make, make a physical declaration that this is about to happen. I had a lot of disappointment. Life is disappointing. Okay, now if you didn't raise your hand and you feel like um, God wants you to participate by you laying, just laying a hand on these folks, ask their permission. Don't just go slap your hands on people. But would you just, would you just move over toward them and just lay, lay hands on? Do you guys want to come up and start? Thank you. This is good stuff. Okay. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Okay, now here's what I want you to do. Just rest in the Lord. Take some deep breaths. And I want you to to get get in touch with the disappointment. It's do you know that it's okay to feel it? It's okay to live in the truth. If you've had a disappointment that's caused pain, it is is more than okay to feel it. God wants you to feel the fullness of it. It's okay. Life has disappointment. Holy Spirit of God, we ask that you come and touch these people right now in the strong name of Jesus, that you're healing deep places that, that have been filled with disappointment. We ask that you're even healing the surrounding flesh, the, the cells, the thought process, all of the things that have been harmed by the disappointment and the, and the, the blow that came in the disappointment of that. Touch the places, Lord. Go. We ask you to deeply move into the places. Come, Holy Spirit, and heal. Heal disappointments in the name of Jesus. Now, Father God, I pray that your spirit would be filling the empty place that, that disappointment used to be and that you're filling it with hope. In the name of Jesus that you're you're replacing hope where there was disappointment and where there was weakness now there's strength father I ask that you're removing the lies in the name of Jesus the lies that were screamed in the disappointing moment in the name of Jesus you're just you're just wiping the lies And we declare that they are your sons and daughters. They are members of your royal family. They are the priests of the kingdom. And you have kingly authority that you're bestowing on their life. You have good plans that will no longer be lied about. Father, I pray that you are restoring in the name of Jesus a mighty ability to dream. In the name of Jesus, you are releasing the ability to have good visions Good dreams in the name of Jesus. Big dreams that are bigger than they could could think on their own or that they could even ask you for. And in the name of Jesus, they will move forward without any fear from a place of disappointment.